Hey, it's BT with Tales from the Gemini. You know, every now and then, I, sometimes I don't. Uh, sometimes I, I don't take advantage of what's what's at my disposal. I always, you know, I, I interview great guests. Don't get me wrong, but man, I sometimes forget how the greatness that that that's that's close to me. And my guest now, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, not just because we've been in a group together, because he literally is one of the best comics that has ever graced a microphone and i mean it's from the bottom of my heart we'll get into all that whatever and i mean it he's one of the best comics you mentioned his name and anybody who knows him and seen him performing knows oh yeah that's that dude and i mean that from the bottom of my heart when i reel off all his accolades and everything he's the guy who's actually been on you know sometimes you do intros to people on the shows like he's been on this and that you go that motherfucker ain't been on that show man this dude (laughs) has actually been on those shows ladies and gentlemen my guest on, film, on Tales from the Gemini, one of the best comics out there, Mr. Vince Morris. What's up, V? Man, you know, let me say this. I know from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate, you know, what you just said. And I have the exact same feeling about you. I, that You know, that's, that's no bullshit. Shit. So Shit. as far as, you know, recognizing what a true stand-up is, man, I think, you know, we have the ability to do that. And I think you're one of the top comics in the world as well, man. Nah, I, I, can't nobody fuck with you, man. Man, hey, I, hey, I don't want. We don't want to follow each other. I tell you that bullshit. Shit, hey, <laughs> hey, I've had to follow your ass, man. Fuck that. I mean, seriously, it's like no, 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 no. Game recognized game. I mean, anybody who's nah. been, anybody has has ever been around you. It, those big name acts from L.A. who come in and you know they, they come in all like you know with their L.A. care credits and they go, who's the uh, feature act? No, oh, Vince Morris. Hey, listen, um. I, I um, can I talk to the manager for a second? Yeah, I want him doing a tight two, and then uh, I want him doing a tight two, and then I want an open micer, and then I want somebody else to intro me. Okay, great. Vince Morris. Yeah. No, no, okay, the difference between those guys that come in now, now, now. Here's the thing. Here's what I admire about you. Real talk. I mean, all of it's real talk. Is that the comics that come in with a pseudo book bags, and they have like you know uh, a, a, a three ring notebook and whatever. You are the legitimately the only motherfucker I know that carries a notebook around with jokes legitimately in it. And every time we go on stage, we in the dress room, we in the green room, we might be in a limo. You are literally looking at your actual notes of of jokes. And not very many comics legitimately do that. They may have a notebook, but your ass is rearranging stuff, you know. And I'm like, man, that's what you, that's how you do it. Well, it's because, LA. well, it's because I slept all day and I'm trying to get trying to remember what the fuck. I'm to it, it, you know what? It don't matter. Here's the thing. I admire you because I, at one point I thought I was Jay-Z. I didn't have to write shit down. Yeah. But then as I got older, I'm like, man, I forgot what, you know. <laughs> I literally, hold on, you think I'm bullshit. I'm going to grab, hold on, I'll be right back. I'm going to show you what I did yesterday. Hold on, hold on. Hey, you think I'm this, is, this is why. This is Yo. I was posted on you last, last night and my daughter thought it was something. My daughter's like, what is that, a new phone? I'm like, no, this is from like the 90s. I actually pulled this son of a bitch out yesterday and was recording some uh, some bits that I want to expound on because I can't write shit down anymore. I, mean, I need to hear myself because I don't trust myself. I'm like, I, I, I went old school. So I'm starting to, if I get an idea, I'm like, uh, you know, almost like, you know, I dictated to it, like Mannix. Take this down, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Cannon, Cannon and Manning. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If that big motherfucker could catch somebody, <laughs> then anybody can. Because he wasn't chasing nobody. No. How the fuck was... <laughs> Criminals walked up to Cannon and shook his hand. <laughs> like, you know, you want to take me in? 
He's like, yeah, please. Thank you. <laughs> Canix? No, Cannon and Barnaby Jones. They had to be the greatest detectives in the world because they weren't chasing shit. Nope. <laughs> Barnaby, nope. How did Barnaby Jones become a fucking detective? They had gout and <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> Who wrote that script for Cannon? All right, the assailant will actually commit a crime. Cannon, you sit in the car and we'll have him walk up and sit in the back and then you're arrested. <laughs> you have the Mannix, Mannix was jumping out of cars and, and, and spinning around. Mannix has some agility to it. He had that black secretary, so he kept him young. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> ass, bet not be jumping out that motherfucking LTD. Here's what you better do, Mannix. Yeah, a black se- a black secretary would keep your ass in check, even back in the seventies. Mannix and Barnaby Jones and Cannon. Oh my God. We started off with a bang on this shit. Yeah, yes, man. Yeah, but you know what? Though, to be honest, man, but you know what, though? Everything with your comedy, or at least most comedians, it all starts from the childhood. I mean, to me, I mean, or the growing up, that is. You know, yeah. you look at Richard Pryor. You look at, uh, and I always use Richard because Richard was an open book about that. Right. That's, that's why his act was the way, but that's how he dealt with his demons also. But his greatest asset was also his greatest liability. But man, when he was on, I, I don't think there was anybody anybody better. And what you've done, and what people don't understand is, and this is what I hate almost about being a Midwest comic is, I just don't think you get the props you deserve if you stay in the Midwest and you do your comedy. You get like a uh, local comic, whatever. And then, co- and then yeah. you see people come out. If you open, open up for a big name and they go, hey, you're pretty good too. And they go, motherfucker, he was just as good as the head, not even better. And you don't get those props. Has, has that ever pissed you off when knowing what you bring to the table, knowing, and, and, and people hear that L.A. or that New York, and they automatically give them the accolades. Has that ever pissed you off? Yeah, you know, I think we all, I mean, we in the beginning of doing stand-up, you know, the dream was to go to L.A. or New York. I think we, you know, we we both experienced that. But it's just the reality for me, how I interpret it when, once I got to Los Angeles. L.A. did a lot for me. I can't lie. You know, had its ups and downs. But as far as being a Midwestern comic, I think that prepared us better than any other comedians ever be because we, we did everything. Those L.A. comics who were born and raise, or they just move there pretty quickly. They don't know what it's like to do a, a motherfucking a Keith Gisser gig. They have no <laughs> idea what it's like to do a, a, a John Yoder gig or a fucking uh, um, uh, Sobel. They don't know what it's like to, the, the, doing a gig for Sobel was okay, but talking to Sobel, they don't know what it's like to have to endure listening to Tom Sobel. They, they, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, but when when they get in front of us or behind us, they see they know who we are. It's no, you know, what I mean, it's no big deal. They know who we are. They can't fuck with it. You know, overall, they like, oh, okay, we glad you motherfuckers are standing in the Midwest. That's what they. Think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, okay, do you think your do you think your upbringing helped your stand up at all? I mean, did you bring that into your stand? Because I know you're born and raised. For you people who don't know, born and raised Columbus, Ohio. Right? How was your upbringing? I got I know a little bit about you, but I know that your dad played a major part in your life, a yeah. major part. Yeah, growing up, I mean, uh, I was a single dad. My father, uh, my mom was in my life, but my dad raised me all by himself. So wow. that in and of itself, I don't know if that brought comedy, you know, but it it was something to actually write comedy off of because once you get older, people didn't believe it. Look, you got a black father? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. How was it like? Living with a black father, I'm like, I don't. It was like living with a black father. What the fuck? What kind of dumbass question is that? But how was it like having your father around? Motherfucker, how was it like having your father around? I didn't know any different. You know what I mean? So 
I wrote jokes off of that, you know, to kind of like squash that stereotype. You my, know, I had a dad. You my know? God. I remember, and I'm, I'm get, man, I'm jumping all around because I'm, it's like just me and you talking. I'm trying to get to yeah. a larger audience, but I know those jokes. My God, the jokes you said, because your father, and I want to tell, let you tell your story, but God damn it, your father was a sniper in the military, and I guess that was playing a part with his mentals, and your joke <laughs> yeah, yeah. about coming home, and all you see is that red light from the oh, cigarette. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad, this... Uh, please tell that, well, please. Well, to this very day, um, I'm still afraid of the dark. My S- father... Same here, same here. You know what? Hey, I'm hey, I'm a grown-ass man. I don't have no problems. Hey, I cannot sleep unless I have a, I have to have a light on. Dude. I got it. I mean, I my whole thing is, if there are ghosts in my house... <laughs> I want them to be able to see. I'm not that disrespectful. I'm going to leave a light on so you don't bump around and shit. Do what you got to do. And I go, that's why shit, that's why shit gets knocked over in the middle of the night because the lights are out. Leave a light on for these motherfuckers. Let them do what they need to do. Don't disrespect them. Hey, man, no lie. I got two Himalayan lamps that, 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 that stay on when I go to sleep. Two Himalayan lamps. I lie to you not. Oh, that, that, that I make sure they plug in, turn them on when I go yeah. to sleep. And last, just last night, I swear to God, last night, my roommates are gone. So I got the house out of myself, like, like I'm in high school and shit. Got the house out of myself. <laughs> so I left the door open, right, to the, uh, yeah. to the you know, hallway, whatever. And and I had the, uh, the, the TV on because I'm going to watch MotoGP for the weekend. So I left the TV yeah. on. And I swear to God, I don't know what it was. But I don't know about you. I don't dream that much. But I was dreaming. And then, like, I left the window open, and the way the the the, the blinds hit the window, I thought mm-hmm. I heard a, I thought I heard somebody. I looked up, I thought it was my roommate's son, and I go, "Buddy!" And I and I and I, and I mean, the hair on the the hair on on my forearm stood up, and I thought it was him. And then what? I go, <gasps> and I shut the door, and I made sure I plugged those goddamn lamps in. I swear you to God. You know what it is? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pat your back and pat my back. You know, for those people who want to make fun of us is that we have very overly active creative minds. And that's what happens. Because when I lay down, I used to do jokes about that. I used to say, you know what? There's no monsters in the corner. You know, literally, there's no monsters. And then the other side of my brain is like, well, what if there is? I'm like, fuck, you know, now I don't know. Because now, here's the thing. What I don't want to happen, I don't want to be the first motherfucker to actually have a monster in, in the corner, so I'm going to leave a light on. Because I don't, you know... I don't know if there is or isn't. I'm going to go and split the difference. So, because my mind won't let me forget that. I don't care if I, to this very day, if it's completely black out in, in my room, my mind's like, there might be a monster downstairs. I'm like, man, you're in your 50s. Don't say that shit. Well, you never know. You might get eaten. And I go, oh, click, let me turn the light on. You know. Hey, I, I think I told you a story. I went to a hotel. And you know how you check in at night and, and, I, and I came in. As soon as the door closed, you know, I went to click the light on and mm-hmm. it wasn't there. And so I started searching the wall frantically, and I couldn't find it. I literally opened the door back up, and I went, and so I took my phone and got my phone out and got the flashlight and found where the light light switch was, and then I turned the light on, and then I came back in the hotel room. That's how much I'm afraid of the dark I am. I would tell you what, I I got a, I did, when I used to do colleges, I did an all-girls college. I believe it was in, it was either in Virginia. Yeah, it was in Virginia. Mm -hmm. And they had, you know, they they had to stay, they had me stay at one of the, like, the little, um, the dorms, but it was it was like for like a, a, the student, the teacher dorms. Mm-hmm. I walked in, it's like three layers, or two, you know, t- two floors rather. Had all the old pictures and shit, you know, all the people who found it, you know, <laughs> you know, just like the Scooby-Doo type <laughs> photos and shit. I mean, literally, you know, this old, old white people staring at you for no reason. <laughs> so this is no lie. This is no lie. I did, <laughs> I did the show, right? So I'm on stage. 
And I'm like talking about, I'm like, man, the whole place got pictures and stuff. And I'm like, you know, y'all guys can put me up at a hotel. And they were like, oh, that place is haunted. And I'm on stage, I'm like, no, I see, don't, don't bullshit me because I'm not, this ain't jokes. Oh yeah, you know, this little girl that we see, you know, uh, apparently her mom was one of the pe people in the, the, pic the paintings and we see her every once in a while on this, like this little um, bridge over this pond. I'm like, y'all fuck with me. Like, no, we're serious. I'm like, see, now I'm not staying there. Like, yeah, you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. I literally made the girl who was the head of the student activities at that time. I go, you, you're following me back to this place. I'm going to go, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to go up and start, I'm packing my bags. I'm putting my shit in my dad's Dodge Zipper mat. I'm driving the fuck home. And that's exactly what I did. It was, it was eight hours. It was over eight hours. I did not, she thought I was bullshitting you. I'm like, nope, nope. She walked in with me. I'm like, you come in here, you're going to go up the steps. She was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, it sure is, as I was packing up my shit. You, you got that right. I don't want to see no little white girl in a dress over some, in, in, a, in a pond. I'm not doing this. And I'm like, this place is haunted. I'm not even fucking with it. I'm out. I'm out. I got my car B and I drove home all the way home that night. I, I'm, I'm like that. I'm <laughs> didn't stay. I don't, I don't bullshit. I mean, I'm ha ha. Those aren't jokes. <laughs> But you, yeah, you, yeah, this, this okay? No, it's not okay. <laughs> so, I thought, yeah, that's great, man. I would have done the same thing, man. I don't, I don't mess with the, oh, yeah. I don't mess with the dark, man. So, okay, so what, what, now, what, what made you want to do comedy in the first place? What made you like, what, what was it made you go? I think I'm funny. What made ah, uh, I want to go on stage. I mean, what, what, what was that, 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 that burning desire to go on stage and, and talk about your life or talk about whatever? My friends kind of influenced me, you know, because I literally, I thought I was funny. I like jokes. I mean, I just being a class clown, not, I think it was because it was a defense mechanism, you know, to kind of deflect stuff. If somebody says something about you, you know, you kind of beat them to the punch. Like, I, against, was, like, I was, huh? Like, like against what? Like a, a defense mechanism against well, what? Well, like somebody teasing you, you know what I mean? Like, cause I wasn't like in high school, I was really like low key. I was quiet. A lot of people think I was like, you know, everybody knew who I was. They knew of me, but I wasn't like, you know, uh, the focal point of every activity. I was just mostly like in a classroom, I'll make jokes just in general. You know, and a lot of my a lot of my friends, whatever, my classmates would ask me questions like, do you sit at home and thinking of stuff? And I'm like, no, I mean, I'm just thinking of right now. I mean, how come you guys don't think like this? So I guess I contributed to growing up watching like all the comedies. My, my dad used to watch Benny Hill. We yes. used to watch the Pink Panther. Yes. The Pink Panther was the only white man that made my dad laugh. Peter <laughs> Sellers. Yes. Peter Sellers would crack my dad the fuck up. My dad would be like, that's some bitch, something else. <laughs> Literally. Literally, is that your dog? Does your dog bite? And the guy goes, no. And then he put his hand down and the dog rips his like, arm off. He goes, I thought your dog didn't bite. He goes, that is not my dog. And, we just, <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, my dad would lose it. So we watched that and I watched Carol Burnett with my mom. Yes. So I watched, yes. you know, I watch all the comedies. And so to me, comedy was over the top. It was subtle. And I like Johnny Carson. So Oh my then, God, yes. Yes. Yeah. So when I got old enough, I mean, I well, I called the the club in Columbus. I'm like, how would you have to be to work here to do amateur night? And they told me. And so I was like, I think I'm going to do it. My friend's like, you need to go ahead and go on stage. So I wrote like a little routine out. And this is funny. I don't think I ever told you this. My first time ever on stage. All right. That was back when the bone was Tuesday through Sunday. Yes. Legitimately. Yes. Three shows on Saturday. Yeah. What? Hell. And ironically, the pay hasn't changed, but still. So anyhow, <laughs> you know, 
yeah. you'll go Tuesday to Sunday. So, oh, <laughs> listen. <laughs> yes, yes. Open mic night was on Tuesday. Yeah. So I called and said, once you, you turn 21, I said, you can, you can come up. So I wrote this routine out. I used to work at the airport with me and open lot AC the whole nine. So I wrote this routine out when I turned 21. And so I called, I'm gonna go, I, I come down to go, well, we're having like a contest, you know, uh, just come on down and check it out. And it wasn't, it wasn't open mic night. It was a Johnny Walker red contest they had, but it was going around the country. Yeah, I remember that. So it just so happens that a couple of comedians didn't show up. Shan Rarick, remember her? Vaguely, uh, vaguely. From Columbus, she used to do all the, she used to do the Christmas shows and she had a lot of one-nighters. Shannon Rarick, she was running this particular show, this contest. So she was like, honey, well, you know, you can be in if you want. I'm like, cool. First time ever on stage, B, my hand to God. So the guys were asking me, what do you want me to say about you? I'm like, what does that mean? And Sharon's like, it doesn't matter, honey. You're not going to win. Don't worry about it. Just uh, tell me from Columbus. I didn't know. This is no lie. So I, I remember, and I remember my set list. I know, I remember the jokes I did. I went on stage that night. <laughs> this is going to fuck you up. <laughs> My very first time on the on stage of the Johnny Walker Red Contest, I fucking won. Holy but B, but I got disqualified because I I went over it. No one told me what the light was. <laughs> How much time did you do? How much time did you do? Uh, about 40. No, I think I probably did it. <laughs> no, I swear to God. I think I did about 10. I don't know. I think it was just like a five minute. I mean, whatever it was, they said I went over. But I was just doing the jokes that I prepared. Yeah. And now you didn't see the light. I'm like, I don't know where the light is. What does that mean? <laughs> and some say to this very day, legend has it. <laughs> <laughs> that moment on, Vince never saw the light. That's swear to God. I never, the very first time I went over and I got, and I, 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 I didn't win. You know, I, I was in first place. I was like, no, nah, you got disqualified. What, were there any comics who became uh, full-time comics that, that, that you know of, like names? Please give me a name. Not that night, but the, I'm trying to remember. I, you know what's funny? That night, I legitimately went up against my high school uh, teacher, gym coach, is Mr. Harris. This really? black dude, Mr. Harris, this stand-up. Wow. And legitimately, I'm like, Coach Harris. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I used to comment, I mean, back then, but I beat him. But Coach Harris, <laughs> this is no lie. I'm dead fucking serious. Yeah. Yeah. I beat Coach Harris, the black basketball coach, Warner Ridge. Wow. So, wow. I don't know who was on the show that night, but I just remember that you know, the group coming up. You know, there's a lot of guys that came out of it. It was right. great. You know, yeah. Dino Chipotas, Mike Loftus, you know, um, uh, John Rathbone was from Columbus. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so the whole the whole click. But yeah, man. But um, my very first time was a Johnny Walker uh, Red or something contest, and uh, I got in. You know, on over. You know, as a newcomer, which I was, wow. one got disqualified because I went over. Now, uh, is that was that the moment you thought, okay, I got something here, or I'm different? I, you know what I mean? I loved it. Yeah, I I liked it because I mean I knew. I mean, I was writing jokes. I was I, one, one joke, my favorite joke at the time, put in respect, I said, um, now Kroger's has an all, instead of an all cash line, they have all check lane, because they did, because they was like, they want people who, if you have checks, you, you go on this aisle. If you have all cash, you know, be going this aisle. And I said, I just, I said, I just hate to be the last guy in the check line 
with a gallon of milk because the time you pay for it is gonna be penicillin because that line is so fucking long. <laughs> that was my that was one that was my first jokes I wrote. Wow, yeah. wow, you remember all that? You yeah, remember I remember that. that. I remember that, and um, I remember the caller ID. A new thing come out called a caller ID, where if they call, you can see what number pops up. I felt like you can't lie anymore. You know, your girl oh. call you. Well, yeah, I'm over Steve's house. That ain't that goddamn Steve. <laughs> you know, you remember all those jokes. And, that, and you call Steve's number back, and your girlfriend answers. I had all. I'm like, what the fuck, Steve? <laughs> you remember all that, and that's yeah, and, and that's where you went. Okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I told my dad. I was at Ohio State. I was. Uh, and what was your major? What was your major? Engineering. Ah, that's boring, man. It, uh, all of it's boring, you know. <laughs> but you just, you know, coming out of high school, you know, you better do something. That yeah, that structure. Well, they came from a structure, man. Which yeah. I mean, you can't knock it because that's the way. Growing up, that's how they were, and you can't blame them for it. They wanted your sons to have a good. Education, that's right. that they preach education, which is right, true. Growing up, a young black kid growing up, they wanted their sons because they're busting their ass. They wanted to have education. They wanted you to talk right, talk like you got some sense, and get a good right. education and get a good job. You know, my dad, he and being in the army, I told you um, before, my dad, um, uh, my father told me about all the racism he experienced and stuff, and mm -hmm. division and stuff. My dad was so he. My father was like, "I don't give a fuck what you do. You're not going to the army." Because they would give like thirty thousand dollars grants, you know, the uh, uh, scholarship to go to the army. I mean, be, to go to the military. My dad, I, I go. This is no lie. My dad was like, "I'll work five jobs. You are not going to the army." It's, it's much shit they put me through right now. We trying to buy a house and the discrimination, you know, racism I experienced. I said, "My dad." When I go, I go. My dad. Hated the military so much, I couldn't even have a job that reminded him of the military. <laughs> I said, I remember I came home, my first job was with someone like, Dad, um, I got a new job. I'm working for KFC. He goes, you're not working for any goddamn colonel. I don't care what you do. <laughs> I go, Dad, it's just chicken. And he's like, well, if you like chicken so much, take your happy ass down to Popeye's. <laughs> and I'm like, wasn't he in the Navy? He's like, shut your fucking mouth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> God so damn like, you're not going to the army. You're going to college. You know, I'll pay for it. And so when I came home, my dad, I think I'm going to do stand-up. And he's like, okay, cool. He said, just be the best you can be, you know, you know, and that was it. Wow. So he, he kind of signed up on it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, which is incredible because it was almost similar to the past. But, man, my, my dad didn't really sign up on mine until, like, the last Five, probably 10 years ago. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart, man. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I think once I became on TV, he's like, all right, I think it's going to work for you, boy. But but he was the exact opposite. He was in the military like your dad, but, and he told me those experiences, but when I was getting ready to get out of high school, he goes, either go, he goes either military or get a job, but you ain't staying here. That, that's what he said, military. Yeah, but my dad didn't kick me out, though. Hey, same, same thing, you're going to do something. He goes, I don't care what you're going to do. You're, gonna, you're not going to lay around. Yeah. But my dad wasn't like, you're, you're gonna, you, I'm kicking you out. My dad was like, Whatever you do, you do something, wow. you know? So, you know, uh, you know, if you can be a janitor, be the best janitor. But I mean, that's not what he never said that, but that was his mentality. Whatever you want to do, son, just, just do the best you can at it. You know, but you, but you, what you're not going to do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they give you this shit you ain't, what you, what you ain't going to do <laughs> is laying around this mama. That thing, that's what you're not going to do. <laughs> that's not going to be your resume. <laughs> So you think you think when your dad talked to you about the the racism in the military, do you think that that rubbed off on you in a way? I mean, when it, when it, you know, I think it was similar in the sense of both dads military, 
And they tell you the stories about it. You know, they yeah. pre- present it in one way on TV, but then your dads who are in it tell you the real shit. So you think yeah. that rubbed off on you? At like it, didn't rub, it rubbed off in a way to where it opened my eyes. In, in what in ways? Way, in what ways? In a way, I think opened my eyes to be able to say, you know what, what you see is not necessarily reality. Because my dad would watch TV. He watched war movies or document, documentaries or a news clip, and he he yelled like it didn't happen like that. That's a lie. It's you know that's not, you know we yelled at the TV. That's not the way it happened, or that's that's wrong. And so I didn't know to what degree that it how that how that was actual the reality of that. I didn't know to what degree that the that the lies right there, the manipulation and and the racism was. My dad, I was trying to be like most kids raised in a liberal environment. That's how the cycle is. You go. You become liberal, you know, you want to open up, you know, oh, dad, we're going to change the world. My dad was like, okay, you know, we'll see, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and as I got older, I'm like, yeah, that motherfucker was right. Yeah. These motherfuckers are some bullshit. So, yes, you know. Yes, yes. Okay. You try to, you know, once you get 30, you in your 40s, you start going, this is some, man, this cycle is repeating itself. Y'all don't really yeah. mean this. Y'all don't want to help nobody. Y'all don't, y'all, y'all, you know, I'm just a nigga with money now. Y- you know what? Honestly, it's weird, man, because I railed against him and was more on that liberal tip until like the last, I don't know, man, like the last five, 10 years, I've been like on a, like a total, like it, 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 instead of like kind of like smoothing out, I become more like a, like, uh, like I've been, my angst and my, like I'm more, I'm more angry than I should be at this stage. I should be like, I'm reverse. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm yeah. like, I see the lies and I see the bullshit and I see they just rename stuff now. You know what I mean? Right. They rebrand it. And it's like, no, man, this is, this is a fucking bunch of bullshit. It's the same old shit. It's just it rebranded. Is. That's the way I see it. You know what I mean? Oh, that's the way it is though. I mean, and then like, you know, it's the way it is. So, for me, being liberal is, um, I think, I think most people, most most black people are liberal, but in the sense that I want what's right, I want what's fair, but it's not attached to any kind of politics. You know, what I mean, that doesn't mean I'm left wing or right wing. What makes sense is it right? Let's fucking do that. That's the right thing to do. It's not attached to what side are you on. It's like y'all motherfuckers just need to do the right thing. Period, you know, but when you get older, I mean, before you'd be like, oh, I'm on this side, you guys hate this, you know, you see, you know, as you get older, you see they just keep dividing us. They don't care. As long as they can divide you. Yes. Yes. T- I mean, I don't care how close you they become, they, they throw something in and be like, aha, we got to keep y'all away from each other. You know, first That's of all, I don't even know what liberal means. I really don't because they people say, and you go, really? Okay, what is really liberal? And, and mm. honestly, the way I see it is, if you really watch it, you got Fox, you got CNN, okay? They got their agendas. And if anybody can weed out of the bullshit and start realizing, okay, they're keeping us apart. And and how, and this is so corny as shit, man. And I, if I was younger, black and watch me, I'd go, what the fuck is this old dude talking about? But honestly, I see the fact that, like, if you get away from that bullshit, we are really closer uh, in, in everything than people think we are like it's it's more in socioeconomics man it's like it's like the poor you are or whatever or or middle class whatever they mm. try to get them more oh you know you, you know the, the, the blacks want a loan and, this and they, they want this and it, it makes black people go well how about this what about us what about this and that and they start pointing fingers and that's how they divide us but if we get away from that bullshit let me tell you something when i saw them invade the capital on january 6th don't get me wrong those motherfuckers should be hanged for treason. And, 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 
that's where I feel about it. But there is about a little bit of me, a little itty itty bit of me that goes, you know what? They have not not what they were doing it for, but as a part of me goes, yeah, we should kind of overthrow that government in a way. I mean, that should have been happening a long time ago. Right. But, you know, here's the thing, but they keep dividing you because they say, here's the, I personally, well, to, to touch on two points you said, I think we are closer than we when we ever have been, and that's what's scaring them. So they're throwing everything they can. Yeah. You know, everything, in my opinion, they're throwing everything they can to keep us, they don't want you focused on anything. They want you to know the news story here with death, murder, everything, whatever they can do to keep us from being uh, uh, together. They don't want that. I mean, they're, they're, they're throwing the, the Hail Mary and everything. When it comes to the Capitol, look, man, um, I watched that shit. And I mean, I'm like, that shit was, that shit was, that shit was 50 50 or 100 100. Those guards let these motherfuckers yes, through. Yes, they did. So, I mean, so, so nobody wants to talk about that bullshit because ain't nobody in the world know you ain't black walking up and down and sitting in senator's fucking desk and putting yeah. your feet up on it and yeah. spinning around and shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that shit was staged and fuck that shit was that, that shit. It was so ridiculous that I'm like, it can't be real. That's yeah. how unridic- that's how fucking crazy it was. Yeah, because niggas can't get two steps. Yeah. Yeah, we we you know, we go so we go anywhere without guns. You know, whoa, it's too many of you guys gathering at one point. You know what's going on? Yeah, and these motherfuckers was you know the guards like okay, uh, come this way. Yes, and it's all BS, bro. I mean, I know it, 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 that whole thing was and and. God damn it. Some of those Republicans, and, and this is where I hate dividing, but it's just the truth. I mean, don't get me wrong. Democrats aren't the liberals and, and saviors to us that, that they claim to be. But that Marjorie Taylor, whatever, her, her, she needs to be in jail. But for, for she's She called for the assassination of some people. She should be in jail. And and I really think they were in on it. I think that day they were they were smuggling in, they were smuggling in, 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 in weapons, and they told them, here's what's going to happen. You come through this way. And it, and it came down. And, that, and anybody could see that. Stevie right? Wonder could see that. Comic to right? comic. Stevie Wonder, that's the oldest joke in the world. Stevie Wonder could see that shit. We all know or, what or happened. Ray Charles. <laughs> So, hey, write some new shit. It changes the Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be writing. I'm going to use Ray Charles now. <laughs> make, it, make it do what it do, man. Make it do you know what, what it hey, do. <laughs> I'm on the top of the Capitol, baby. <laughs> you know those, both those motherfuckers can see, right? You realize that. Get him. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, here's the thing. I, here's my theory. They just said they couldn't see to actually avert racism. <laughs> You know what I mean? You back in the 50s and 60s, if you like, I can't see, like, oh, you can't be the blind dude. He can't see how, how racist we are. So they gave him the pass. So that mother, they can see. The motherfuckers can see. They played that. That was their big joker in a game of spades. The motherfucker was like, oh, I'm blind. Oh, you can't hit a blind nigger, can you? No. Just keep singing. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, is this good food? Yeah, if you can't poison a blind nigger, he's like, get entertainment. Yeah, they were smart. <laughs> Right now, Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles is driving around somewhere in Malibu, laughing ass off. Fucking bitches. Fuck them. Come on, you get the right one, baby. But that, that's okay. This thing about it that uh, we always talk about, at least when they talk about you, and I've seen it, is it? And don't get me wrong. Your act was always good. It was always tight. You were above the rest. And when they were all a pool of all of us trying to get it together, you were always a cut above the rest. 
And then I don't know what happened, you know, on the road every, you know, if you're it kind of rolling in the same circles, you can't really work together. That means somebody's making more money. And so you got to do what you got to do. Right. But, but it just seemed like you found that voice and you made that leap to where it was scared. I mean, it was a dangerous scare. Like it says in your bio, you were dangerously funny where you made people go, Ooh, like people like, like they paid attention and they shut the fuck up and their, and, and their, their buttholes puckered like, Oh boy. Oh, this is, and you, you, and you were, and you were hitting, you were hitting them dead. And I'm right. And to the point they couldn't argue with because you were so right, but you hit every side which made it so more palpable you know what i mean well see uh, who's that in the background hey that's malik. hey get out of the goddamn camera <laughs> that's malik that's a- <laughs> get out of the way malik <laughs> but we're trying to run a goddamn show here <laughs> and bring me back a paper no but you but you just said see that's what i'm telling that's what i said earlier on the show that I, I have the same respect for you as you have for me because true comedians recognize exactly what other co- true comedians do. So when you say I'm different from all angles, that was what I needed to do early on. That was something that I wasn't doing. Okay. I wasn't, I was just like hitting like bam, bam, bam. And nobody was really laughing to the point. I mean, they were laughing, but I was like, it was coming off as hard. It was harsh as fuck. Yeah. Very harsh, you know? And I, I didn't realize that until I had stepped back and I'm like, okay, how can I make these harsh points palpable and funnier? So then I used everything um, that um, I was told to use, you know, be, be silly events, be the events that watch cartoons, be, be the events that improv, be the events that goes high and low, you know, laughs and, and serious. So I use all those tools that I got now to spoon feed some of this hardcore shit, you know? I don't just straight say it. I mean, I, I find like a little word, a little nuance to kind of make you laugh. And I, I know another word is going to make you be upset. And then I do something crazy to kind of make you out, oh, catch you off guard. So, but overall, you, you're getting what I'm trying to say. That's the fun part. It's the fun part now. But I mean, there's a, there's a process. People don't, un- and this is what I love. People don't see the process. They see the finished, they see the finished product. Some like, yeah. like when you know, it comes to a special, whatever, we'll get to that. But it's that process when that night it doesn't go well. It didn't go the way you want it to go. You go, ah, fuck, what, what am I missing from this bit? And we talked about this, and it's like you take the most serious subjects that, that, that are in the now and that people, you know, chirping each other, and, man, the way you get it out and have it right hit people in the nose, but they make them laugh with it. What was the cat? What was the, what was that moment or was it moments that led you up to, okay, I got to do it this way. Because I, I think we both talked about working <laughs> jo- jokers and dating that helped us out. You know, when we were like, go ahead, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. The moments that maybe changed the motherfuckers weren't laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I'm in the back going, this shit's funny. And like, and then, you know, when this shit was hit or miss, all the time, you know, I'm like, you got to do something about this, you know? So, yeah, you know, just the fact that, you know, when they're not laughing more times you think they should be like, okay, I need to change the shit around. You know, I, I don't want to drop this bit completely or or take this whole premise away. How do I make it funny? You know, how do I make it funnier, you know, and sacrifice, you know, maybe I got to sacrifice not saying this so, going so deep into this, pull back here and say something a little differently, you know, and then hit them around it would a tag and make the tag more, more uh, serious in the setup. And, you know, so it just, it's, that's the fun part. I don't, you know, you don't really understand how it works 
you know, I just know how to make it work. You know, I mean, same thing with you. I mean, we're doing it so many, so many years that if someone go, you know, you look at something, be like, I can make that work. You know, and the, and the younger comic be like, how do you know? I'm like, I just know. I know what I need to do. I don't know why necessarily. I just know the machines and mechanics I got to put towards it to make it work. Well, it's, you know? it's funny how we talk about your dad being in the military and being a sniper because that to me, that's how you approach that comedy because when, it, when the shit goes down, right, 90% of the people, 95% of people, they're going to run, like, somebody starts shooting, pow, 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 pow. What are you going to do? You're going to run away. Where, you know, the tough topics come, comics are going to skirt it. They're going to talk about, no, and don't get me wrong. I have no problem with comics talking about silly shit. Or be, I have no problem with that. But you go, you know what? This is, the, this is the button topic that everybody's pissed off about. Well, let me go into that. Let me go into the fire. And that's what makes you, even to this day, one of the best ever. Because you have elevated everybody's game. And I talked to Billy D. Washington last night. Billy watched another great comic. And we mm-hmm. talked about how you made him better. Because Billy, Billy said it in his words. He goes, man, I was doing the same shit for 10 years. I didn't change a word. He goes, we worked together as a group. And if people don't know this, we had a group together. We'll get in there called the Sellout Comedy Tour. And we were in a group together. It was me, Vince, the ability to Washington, and Louis, Louis Johnson Jr. And yeah. watching Vince, watching what he did on stage made everybody elevate their game. Because what he would do is he would take those topics that people were afraid. Like, I don't know if I'm going to talk about this. I don't know if I'm going to talk about, you know, at the time, maybe gays getting married. Or, or right. at the time, this and that. And Vince said, you know what? I'm going to the fire. And where they're shooting at? I'm going into where they're shooting at because, damn it, I got a bigger gun and I'm going to see what they got. And that's what you did. You you did it with your writing. You did it with, with going into that fire and you made people go, God damn, this dude is sharp. And that's what you did. And you elevated our games because anytime anybody takes on topics that people are afraid to talk about because they're afraid of the backlash, you said, fuck that. You went into it and you did that. And you made us better by that, man. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Well, I, you know, I appreciate it, man. And um, a lot of, well, I, I need to get back to that, to that extent, because what I've done recently, been doing, I mean, I hit the hardcore, well, the, I hit the, the the subject matter that I want to talk about, but I actually, you know what, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing right now, because I hit the hardcore subjects that I want to do, but it may not necessarily be for like 45 minutes. It may be like 15, 20 minutes. And then the other 30, I'm just fucking around doing some silly shit. Yeah. So the ride is like this for everybody, you know, and it's for me too because um, everybody is enjoying themselves. Because for the first twenty minutes, I'm in some the majority of people may be laughing, some people may not be laughing. But the last the last half an hour, those people are laughing too. So I want to incorporate that silly shit along with the you know with, with the with the hardcore stuff as well. So um, you know, that's the fun part for me, you know, is how can I make something funnier with acting as silly as I am, you know, bring that serious subject to, uh, to, to light. So, yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate uh, the, the words that you, that you just said and also what, uh, what, what Billy said, man. That means a lot. No, you know, but it's the truth, I, I learned, We all learn from each other, man. I mean, I trust me. I watch every show, you know, even to this very day. I'll go to open mic nights, you know, and uh, I'm in the back, get a couple of drinks, and I'm laughing loud. You know, I like watching the guy. I like watching. I like watching, you know, and someone, hey, try this way. Do Try tag this way. Still you know, love the oh, game. Yeah, still yeah, love the game. Yeah, I mean, man. I have fun. I sit there and watch. I sit in the back. 
Yeah. And then I just watch the whole goddamn show. You, you, you know what you're like? You're, you're like the black Muppets in the Muppet show with the guys up in the. That's what you're like. You're like <laughs> the, the old, your old black Muppet. <laughs> you motherfuckers ain't funny. <laughs> you know, that, that's what you are now. Because you got the beard now with the gray. So that's what yeah, you yeah, are yeah. now. You're, you're the black. You know what? You're like Muppets 2.0. That's what you are. <laughs> you're up in the balcony. You got your little drink going. <laughs> you call that comedy? He's fucking kids. Well, what got the skinny jeans back in my day? You used to get you know, that's what you are you now. You couldn't man. even walk uphill for the way We wore skinny jeans back then. They were called, they were called what is it? Um, thermal underwear. We put our pants over that shit. You motherfuckers walk out in insulation. You work out in thermal pants and shit. Put some pants over that shit in the wintertime. <laughs> those those were the skinny jeans back in the day was a the thermal. That's true. Man. Yeah, absolutely. That's you true. didn't come out of the house like that. You put pants <laughs> over that bullshit. You kept it moving. <laughs> you guys are going backwards. <laughs> but those you nice know, denim thermals you wear. <laughs> but you know, I, I talked about how, you know, like you usually you take on those subjects, and but with risk, there comes, you know, there's reward, but there's also failure. And I don't know if you want to talk about this, but there came a time and you know, I, I heard about what happened. I read about your whatever interpretation about what happened in Columbus when oh, yeah. you got into it with uh, with some gays. Some bullshit. Yeah, it was, bullshit. It was it some straight up bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So you want you tell your part of the story? I want you to tell it. Um, I mean, I'm, I for, I mean, I'm a, I gloss over it pretty. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the gist of it, which is the truth of it. Um, I was doing jokes, um, that I normally would do. You know, I was talking about this and that, and then I was talking about everybody, you know, and I got talking about Bruce Jenner at the time and shit, and you know, which is a funny middle, joke. Hey, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Let me do your joke for you, okay? Let me see if it's okay. Which one was it? Go it, ahead. it was I, what I, I my cousin said. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner's a girl. He go, no, Caitlyn Jenner's a man. Period, because he she can't have a period. One, yeah, one. And I was like, yeah, you have three X. When you have three, one, three. Y chromosomes and two X wives. That's a man yes. or something like that. I had, I had, it was some kind of configuration. It was a great, it was a great joke. And, and then one, and then somebody yelled out in the middle of my show, fuck you, that's bullshit. Like, right in the middle. And it's like 30 minutes into the show. Yeah. And so I was like, what, you know, and what's going on? That's bullshit. I was like, what is it? You, 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 you're making fun of, uh, uh, Bruce, Caitlyn Jenner. I was like, I make it, make it, I said, I'm making fun of everybody. Well, you need to, you need to you know, know your place. Is that now? I go, let me get this straight. I said, you didn't you didn't have a problem with me saying Mexicans built this wall behind me when I first one of the jokes I was referenced. Right. You have a problem with me saying how all these Africans living around here now. You have a problem with me talking about I don't like the word nigga, but now you're offended. Yeah. And he said, Yeah, because being gay is worse than being black. That's what he said. And the whole crowd turned on him. Good. That's no, good. The whole crowd would went ballistic. Wow. What the fuck? And then they were hurt. Yeah. So they went back and said, you know, this guy's this, this guy's that. We hate him. You know, we don't want his family to eat. All kind of shit, man. But did you get banned from the club from that? I got a standing ovation. I mean, but okay, you got a standing ovation. Okay, but I'm talking like afterwards. They didn't fuck with me like they should be fucking with me. It was it was some bullshit, bro. It was some deep bullshit. I didn't get the I didn't get the uh, the backing that I should have got. Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. Did, did, did the club not back you in that? I mean, did the club like not like they, not like they should have? No. See, and that, that's my thing. I mean, but I, but and and, I, and here's the thing though, and that was on the onset of when they, they wanted to start canceling motherfuckers. I mean, I I, I saw 
the reality of it is I, I, I was legitimately in the midst of somebody lying. I was, I was on the end of something. I go, that did, it didn't happen that way. Yeah. And I had hundreds of people going, that's crazy. That didn't happen that way. Legitimately. And I know where my heart was, but that still didn't make a difference. It was about the agenda of them trying to do this. And so from that moment on, I don't trust any of those motherfuckers. I don't trust, when I hear something like that, I'm like, nah, I know, I know what happened. So now I can't take any of these things seriously when I hear this from here on out, because I know what happened to me. I know what, how, how it happened to me. Yeah. And I know what the result was. I'm like, this is some bullshit. So nah, I mean, I have, uh, I got some, some feelings about that, man. And, um, what are you and, feeling? And, what are they? What are they? What are the feelings? Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I know what my heart is. You know, I'm like, you will sit there. I believe, here's the thing. To this very day, I believe any comedian should be able to say what he or she wants to say on stage. Don't fucking matter to me. I would never tell a comedian. I had a joke about that now. I said, you know what? This cancel culture is, you better watch out because when you stop a motherfucker from feeding their family, bruh yeah you better be able you know what i mean that's it you when you but here's the thing i personally if i, I go i say i have my own built-in cancel culture most real professional comedians have their own built-in cancel culture. my cancer my whole cancel culture to me is like if i'm doing shit that ain't working i'm gonna stop doing that joke I'm a, <laughs> you know what i mean i'm gonna cancel yeah i'm gonna cancel yeah. that joke so if I'm doing so in this day and age, not 199 people could be standing up for ovations, and you got that one motherfucker that wants to write a letter to the to the club and try to stop you from eating. You know, and then and and then, you know that motherfucker needs to be that that is so lopsided, that's so wrong, that is so ridiculous. You know, you got people coming out to clubs now specifically wanting yes. to hear something they can bitch about. Yes, but and but, I'm like, but if they're in a marginalized you know, group that elevates their cause. You know what I mean? Because it, people are putting up with that shit. Here, it, to me, it's like I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to uh, parallel it in in the sense of it's like it's almost like I parent most parents are today. We had it so tough growing up. You get the whoopings and this and that. That those when we were growing up, we're like, you know what? When I have a kid, fuck that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat my kids. I'm gonna, and my mom said it best one time. My brother's kids were acting up, and she goes, "Why don't you whoop these kids?" My brother said, "Mama, I'm not gonna beat my kids the way you beat us." And the way I see it, sometimes the society is going, okay, you know what? We've done this. We've uh, marginalized this group so much that when they do complain, we're going to listen to them and we're going to go overtly out of the way to make sure that whoever did this to them is going to pay the price. Or or they get in positions of power. Yeah, I I think it's power. Here's the thing, because I was on the receiving end of it because it wasn't wasn't about – it was about power because it wasn't about resolving anything. Yeah. So that so that's why I know it's bullshit because what happened in my with my situation, it had they could have been, they were mad at the audience. It wasn't me. The audience is who what wouldn't be listening, rightfully so. Yeah. You go stand in the middle of an audience and say being gay is worse than being black. White people were cussing these motherfuckers. Out. <laughs> yeah. No, that's real talk. I mean, yeah, who, yeah. what kind of ridiculous shit is that? Yeah. So. But that no one was interested in solutions. No one was interested in saying, hey, let's talk about this. It was all about power and what can I do, you know, and um, to stop, to, 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 to destroy something and keep moving without resolution because you don't want resolution. You want that power because the, the, because the insecurities, whatever the situation is, is a lot, you know, that's causing you to fucking overcompensate. You know, I want, I need all this power. 
you know, I'm going to be able to stop somebody. Are you hurt? Well, not really. I mean, do you want to resolve it? They want to, they want to come to the table. No, I don't want to, I don't want that. I want to stop them from fucking being able to eat or whatever. So with that being said, man, you, it's like the, the, the what group is marginalized? Anybody who's a comedian, we're marginalized in society because we are paid to talk about shit that happens. It's not just one. We are, that is why we are court gestures. We're the only motherfuckers that can make fun of the king. Yeah. Everybody came to listen to us talk about real shit. You know, that's, we, we are literally the best reporters in the world because true comedians may be biased, but they'll give you both points of views. You know what I'm saying? They'll talk about what's going on in the world. You know, and there's some comedians that legitimately try to be hurtful, you know, try to be edgy. They want to walk people. They, you know, comedians back in the day, I want to walk this. I want this table to get out and walk away. So they'll specifically say something to try to get them. Nowadays, you can't even say fat, faggot, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, did you say bitch? You can't say bitch. What? Yeah. The fuck, what, you know, don't, don't, my whole thing is don't come to my shows. Please don't come indoors. Don't come in society. Live in a live bubble. in a cave. Living, living your bubble. Living your bubble. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what do you feel a white comic? I had a, a conversation with comedians about a, a couple weeks ago. I was in Arizona. Motherfuckers like, uh, well, you think white comics should be able to use the N-word if he if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, listen. It, it, it's it will be built in whether or not he should use it again. It's not, you know what I mean? No, hey. you know what I mean? No, it, you know, it reminds me of. It reminds me of. I remember this. Remember when we were we were on stage doing our show, and there was a question, and they go, and you go, why can't white people use the N word? You go, you can't, you can't. Go ahead, tell me how it works out for you. You know, don't let me stop you. Yeah. See what happens. You know what I mean? I mean, why am I? Well, I'm not. Am I, am I upset? If here's the thing, it literally is one of two things. It has to be funny. Yes. Or else. Yes. That's it. If it's not, then wherever you are will take care of why you shouldn't use it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. But I'm not gonna be able. I'm not gonna be like yo. He said nigger. You know, I want him. I want him fired. Yeah, you know, I don't, man, hey, it doesn't matter. I think you should be able to say what you want to say. You'll see what who what what people respond to it. Yeah, you know what? When somebody asks me that though, if a comic, a white comic asks me, I I immediately know where they're thinking or where their hair is. So where their head is, like, all right, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when they, they say, "Well, how come we? You guys can use them, we can." That's when you go, oh, okay. And then I know where they are as a person, and I kind of right. go, okay. And then I just, you know what I mean? Right. I just right. Don't, yeah, because not coming from a creative standpoint. They come from. They're trying to play that devil's advocate to try to trip you up, because truth be told, I think you maybe feel the same way about me. I don't give a fuck. You can use the word nigga. Go ahead. Yeah. See, I mean, I mean, it better be, if it's funny. I'm a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a difference. To, you can shoot me to say we're a faggot, whatever. But it's it's a difference between saying doing a nigger joke, so to speak, or going and saying I hate niggers. I think niggers should die. I mean, whatever you what you know, whatever kind of joke. If the joke is about you know you using word nigger or whatever, and the inference of it is not hateful, I don't care. Yeah. I don't even. I don't. I don't have. My, I'll laugh at it or I won't laugh at it. You know, but I know how to. I know how to deal with you from here on out. 
if I see where you where your objectives are, you know, I just, I just won't fuck with you. Or the you know, but I'm not gonna sit there and be like, I want you fired. I'm not gonna call a club and be like, I can't believe you're booking, you know, you know, whatever this guy's this comic is, he's using the word nigger, you know, use the word Jew or who gives a fuck? It's the intent. I mean, I think as a comic, we look at as a comic, we can tell who really means that shit. Like you go, oh, this motherfucker really meant that shit. You know what I mean? There's com but there's comics out there. I'm not gonna mention his name, I think it's wrong, but I think he's a racist, but I think he's funny. You know what I mean? I know a lot of them are racist. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if I should say his name. Anyway, he's a, he's a hilarious con, but I go... Uh, uh, who, What's it rhyme with? Neopolitan. Nick DePaulo. You mean... Uh, I like Nick DePaulo. I think Nick DePaulo... I'm going to say it. Fuck it, I'm going to say it. I think Nick DePaulo's racist, but I think he's funny. I think Nick DiPaolo's funny. I think he's a great writer. I watch all his specials. I think he's hilarious, but I think he's racist. I mean, yeah. and deep down, I think he, but, and he, he'll deny it, but it's funny how those dudes who claim they're not <laughs> racist. No, I'm not. Hey, I, yeah, <laughs> but, but they all moved down south. You ever notice that? <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> this is what fuck you up. I'm not racist. I love niggers. What? <laughs> what even? Well, well, nah, that was stopping my tracks. So, well, hold up. Well, that is it. Wow. Okay. I love niggers. <laughs> That's a liberal racist. <laughs> they give themselves away all the time. But but, but it's me. But I don't care. It doesn't care. matter. I mean, yeah. Doesn't matter. You know what I mean? You work with somebody who I remember I, a year and a half ago, I was like, how you fuck with this dude who was out of Colorado originally in the uh, uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I text you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. was like, "See, it was a prime example." He was like, "He's all right, you know. We know who it is. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. he ain't yeah. saying that shit to me." Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's another example of being a professional comedian. I don't give a fuck. I mean, you know, go out, and make. I'm gonna make them laugh too. But just don't come with no, no. You know how you can don't come with some bullshit on the side. Yeah, don't come with the bullshit on the side. And it's like I like an intent, like okay. But you know what? I my my I always say okay. Is this person the kind of person that would commit a hate crime? I mean, it's, it's gotten to the point. I give them that leeway. Is this kind of person that would commit a hate crime? And then and then I bring it down to, okay, as long as they don't talk shit to me off stage, and I can see them committing a hate crime, and they watch their mouth, eh, and you know, and they're funny, eh, you know what I'm saying? Eh. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because I believe, I, truth, truth be told, I believe it's 80, I believe it's 70, 89% of motherfuckers are racist. Yeah. They don't look like me. <laughs> And speaking of that, it's not even racist, but this is why I think that got us close. Everybody closer, I think, is that Billy came up. It was a concept he wanted to have African American comics. The show, like at the time, Def Jam was big, or whatever, and and all this, and people only saw one side of comic. And and we always had to the the, the preface this by saying there's nothing wrong with those comics because that's who they are. Don't get me wrong, that's who they are. Like Mike Caps or whatever, great comic, and they call themselves Ghetto Comic. Hey, that's great. I have no problem with those guys. Okay. But there was so much more, and and God damn it, it's hard to say, but we formed a group called the Sellout Comedy Tour. We call it Sellout because we were at one time being called a sellout because sometimes the comics that work the or, quote-unquote urban rooms or they have a black night, whatever, right, they would call us sellouts because we worked the mainstream or the white rooms, right? And so we wanted to show that there was more to uh, more to com more than black comics and just you know the, the, the than one the, particular yeah. subject. So and the greatest thing about that, we had four comics. Like I said, it was Billy D, Billy D Washington, Vince Morris. It was me and Lewis Johnson. And the greatest thing about that, 
and I still think to this day, the more I look at it, the more incredible it was. It's four different comics. We did 15 minutes a piece up front, and then we took questions from the audience called uh, Ask a Black Man Anything You Wanted to Ask But Were Afraid To, and it was anonymous, and you write it out, and we, t- we answered those questions on stage, never Thanks. a ringer. I mean, it was always from the audience. But what the greatest thing about that was four of us doing comedy front, and nobody had the same premise. Out of four, com- of four black comics, no exactly. one had the same premise. That and, and that's I mean, even- we, we didn't think alike. We all we, we we thought alike, but we were all completely different. That's what people actually need to see. We four black men, different shades of black. Remember that? Yeah. And yes. Lou yeah. being more midnighty. <laughs> um, Me around nine thirty ten. Actually, Lou. Actually, I'm standing in front of Lou. It's not even a black shirt I'm wearing right now. So <laughs> that's not true. No, but it was for black perspectives, man. It was different. And then we all got along. That's what we wanted to show everybody because it's not monolithic. You know, black people, black people legitimately, and we know this, people know this, but they need to see it. Black people think differently. We all don't, you know, we all don't think the same. And so that that was that was a great fucking uh, a great show we had, man. It was a show, but here's the thing, but I I gave sometimes I gave the audience too much credit because you just said it. You said, you know, I think people know that, and they, I go, no, because sometimes you, I, we talk to people off off stage, and I go, wow, you really fucking think that way? Like what? Honestly, I mean, you you would talk to people, and you think people would know that, you know, the, the stereotype of a black man not having a father in the family, and it's like, and we take it for granted that no people know that, and they really don't. And they go, well, you got, wait a minute, you, you had You've never really been to jail before? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to you know, committed, you never committed a felony? I'm like, yeah, no, that never happened. Well, because I, I was told that's the media's fault. That's Then you go back to how, the what they've been fed. This All this cycle, like we said about 20 minutes ago, you see it's bullshit. Yeah. You know, they don't care. Yeah. They, they feed it. They, they put these images. They put these news stories out. You know, and you have white people legitimately going, I'm sorry. Remember we was at, I'm sorry I thought that way. I didn't know, you know, because they, it wasn't like they were coming from a place of hatred. Hate, no, they were legitimately going, I fucking had no idea because this is what I've been, this Spoon is fit. what I've been told growing up with. Yeah. So, but in a way, yeah, I trust me, I understand that to a point. I really right. do because people grow up to a point in a way like, you know, like, it, but here's what's weird. And I've never been able to pinpoint this is most kids say, you know, most mixed school, they may have a black friend, whatever. And it's like, they're cool until a certain age. And then they kind of like forget the black friend and then go in your separate ways. And then it's like, they forget about that. And they go, I guess, I don't know, their circles, whatever. And they don't, it, it's like they don't interact with black people, so they buy into the stereotype. So then, then when they saw our show, they'd be like, oh, I, I, I had no idea. It's like, how did you have no idea? I mean, especially in today's age, you got the internet. You got this and that. So you can right. Google stuff. So there comes a time when I go, I'm going I'm to call bullshit. Because you can say, you can step outside your comfort zone and right. and and go and find people. You, it's somebody at work. Strike up a conversation at work. Find somebody. So I, I take that to a certain point, but it's like, nah, man, I mean, I think, you know, I just remember being in Utah. I remember being in Utah. My, this is my, my favorite. People ask, what's your favorite question when they say, ask a black man, you know, something you're always afraid of to ask, but you always want to know. And my favorite question was, why does my dad hate you guys so much? That, that, that was my favorite question. Remember, we, we read that on stage, and the one black guy in the audience, he got up and left because he got so pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Remember? But the joke, I mean, yeah, um. I remember. Uh, I think I remember what my answer was. That black guy should have stayed because I think. Um, I think I remember my answer. Do you remember what your answer was? 
Uh, it's something like, I don't know, he, he never made the basketball team. <laughs> I don't and know. I said, I said, because I fucked your mom. <laughs> <laughs> good night, folks. <laughs> that made me feel good. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that joke just to make yourself feel good. That little oh, jab. You can, all these jokes you got to do to make yourself feel good because I am my best critic and my worst critic, and my best friend and my and my, and my worst friend. Well, well, yeah. well let's, let's talk about that. I mean, because honestly, and all the accolades I give you are true. It's not blowing smoke. It's just the fucking truth. And I wish people who are watching this for the first time who don't know you, I hope you, it's like, you don't understand. When you see a comic, and I tell people, and I understand your regular person. Your regular person works a nine to five or whatever. And you want to go to a comedy club. You're going to look at, you're going to say, what's this guy been on? This and, that. and you go, oh yeah, this is the guy from blah, blah, blah. Let's go see him. And you're not going to go, I haven't heard of this guy before. I'm not going to see him. But you're the one. And if you see somebody on TV, trust me, you think they're okay, funny. See them in live. They're going to be funnier. But you're one of the few people that when HBO had a thing called the one night stand, Vince Morris did it called the one night, HBO's one night stand. Vince Morris did it. And, let me, and when I tell you, this was excellence personified. You got a standing ovation on the one night stand, which I have never seen before. And his jokes were so tight and so perfection. And you got a and you got a standing ovation. That was and that was one of the best one night stand I've ever seen in my life. I tell you, and what the frustrating part is, if I ask you this as an honest question, why aren't you a bigger name? I, you know, because I think I, I literally didn't, I hate it, hated L.A. Hate it. I mean, my, my, I would get stomach cramps when I flew back in. Every time I would land LAX, I just, I didn't, you, you know what I really didn't like about it is the same thing I don't like about it. I didn't, I don't like the, I couldn't put my, my finger on it. It was just the, it's not real. None of it was real, you know. It was everything that you. This is my perspective. Everything L.A. prepares you is boot camp for you to do shit you don't ever want. You don't want to do for the rest of your life. It comes with acting, acting classes. You know. Well, how come I can't have the bigger role? I remember. I never forget. I mean, different classes. You know, maybe I was in a, a Howard Fines, or I was in um, uh, Vincent Chase's class. Yes, or I was in. Um, yeah, I had, I had this class. Um, what's that girl's name? That's they has a four story house. Is getting probably twenty thousand dollars a day. What's her name? Uh, what's her name? Leslie Kahn. Okay. Leslie Kahn. Yeah. So they're like, well, you know, when you come to LA, you know, you can't be a movie star. You know, everybody wants to be a leading role actor, so you're gonna have to do things you don't want to do. You have to do roles you don't want to do. You know, and I'm like, that makes sense. And then, but that conditioning goes all the way down. So you're gonna have to do shit you don't want to do. You can have to start playing roles you don't want to have to play. I can't be a black uh, spy. No, you have to be a black slave. You have to be a black criminal. It's just, it's the, for me, it was a psyche of, they train you into doing shit you don't want to do. Flash forward to fucking Dave Chappelle. You got to put this dress on. I don't want to put this dress on. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, and it was phony to me because the funniest people in Los Angeles were never the people that got what they need, they deserve. You know, living in L.A., you know the same thing. You see people, L.A., whoever they deem as being funny, then they, they're crowned to be the next person going up. And L.A. just goes along with it. And you just happen to you have to play that game because if you don't play the game right, then you're not going to be crowned. And I guess I didn't play the game right because I don't like kissing ass. I don't like being phony. I didn't like that. It just hurt my soul. My soul was fucked up. Why, why didn't you want to go to New York? 
Because you had the you had the why, cap- did, why didn't when LA was where well growing starting out LA is where you want to go because you know you wide eye you want to go for a lot of movies and stuff commercials and stuff and New York wasn't so much back then um, between the two you wanted to go to LA but you had the- and when I got to LA I got a, the first day I got to LA I got a manager agent and a and a and a, and a, and a entertainment lawyer when I walked off stage at, at the uh, at the Improv the first night. Um, I got I had a manager agent and a and a fucking uh, an accountant uh, or a lawyer. Really, a they saw you and they came to you, and you got the best of everything. Yeah, you. Know, but you know who? You know who said that? You know who? Who legitimately started my career in Los Angeles it was Kathleen Madigan. Wow! Wow! I love Kathleen. Kathleen Madigan, hands down, set it up for me. She set up everything for me. That's beautiful. Kathleen Madigan maybe came out there. She goes, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you improv. I'm gonna get you to set." I don't know what to do, Kathleen. No, you come here. You'll fly your ass out here. And I went out there and I got I got it. And so, but what really fucked me up, B, is that when I would do these showcases, mm. you know, do all these showcases, you know, all the industry come out. Hollywood kept telling us, we want, we don't want to do stereotypical stuff. We want to go, we want to, we want to give holding deals to black smart comedians. That was what the whole they kept saying. I would every time I would do my showcase. I would have a very good show. I mean, not bullshit. I will be one of the top standing stand-up comics on roster. You gotta tell me that. Never happened. They pair you up with somebody, a showrunner, or writer, and all the ideas you have got twisted. It was, it was like, yeah, oh, yeah. You, you want niggas again? Yeah. You want nigga shit? So they continuously lied to you. I mean, they, we want smart black. We want this. We want this. We want that. And then when you get there, here we are. Oh no, no, you know. Huh? You know, we're gonna give it this one, this guy here, or this girl here. I'm like, you motherfuckers don't want, you don't want it, you know. And it goes back to what Paul, Paul Mooney would say: Hollywood is weird. Hollywood is going too far. You motherfuckers go too far. You guys, you know, you know what scares Hollywood? Niggas with books and degrees. <laughs> yeah, but it's the truth, though. I mean, it was, truth, it was the truth in the '70s too. And it, see, but he was saying that shit for 30 years. Yeah, but I, it didn't. Like you said, every once you get in it, you don't realize that after like yeah. 10 years, you're like, this shit is repeating itself. Yeah. And they rebranded and everything. Right. But I still so, I mean that's that's why I'm not a bigger name. But, know, plus my daughter is born. I moved back. Once yeah. my daughter was born. Yeah. I now I understand that. I just still say at the time, but your act was so like I said, the writing is so crisp. It was so edgy. It it had New York written all over it, but it had Midwest. It's weird. It had New York. As far as writing and edginess, it was New York. So it was like, right. I don't think it fit L.A. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the thing about it. Nobody could fuck with you on any level when it came. Because you knew. The great thing about you is, man, you're like you're like the almost like a Bill Belichick is. You saw what they were saying about African-American comics. And you were like, I'm not going to be that way. I can show you no matter what you think that we are or, or aren't, I'm going to show you what we are. Okay, you, you don't think black comics can write as well as white comics? I'm going to show you we can. You don't think we can do this? I'm going to show you we can. And you did that. And you did the exact same thing. That's what I'm saying. So when, and Billy does the exact same thing, and Lewis does it, I mean, it's not, there's a lot of us out there. You know what I mean? So it's not just, that's, I looked at it from my own individual uh, uh, perseverance. 
I'm like, this is no white comic going to write a joke about me. I can read the paper. That's how far back I'm going. I can pick up the paper and write a fucking joke about a, a daily paper. current event. A paper? What's a paper? <laughs> <laughs> What's a paper? Hey, all your listeners right now, their computer just glitched. What is that? What? <laughs> what? He read what is microfish? <laughs> no, so I, I can read. Look, I can do current events, and, I, and you, and you the same way. You know, I mean, I can write a joke, set a punchline about you know whatever's going on during the day. Mm-hmm. You know better than me. You're not. And so I would did that, and you're the same. And you are the same way. That's to say, you have your notes, you have your well thought out jokes and stuff. So there's so many other black comedians that are more superior in that aspect that they don't want to give us credit. They don't They don't want, listen, they still think Chris Rock is the edgiest. They still think Dave Chappelle is the most edgy and as far as being crossover. And they keep giving those motherfuckers the props and they should. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. what Chris and Dave should have done or haven't done is bring up other comics who think like that. Yeah. That look like them. Yeah. You think I'm funny, look at these other brothers who think with these obscure references you know, and 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 think outside the box, and 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 come at you from different arrows. Had arrows coming at you different ways. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because Hollywood doesn't want that. They don't want. They don't want to have three or four niggas <laughs> that are edgy that they give it accolades to. It's always Chris Rock. Yeah. Okay. And Dave Chappelle. Oh, they're edgy. Let's give them forty-five million dollars to tell you how edgy they are. What about BT events? Oh, they're doing a Gister gig right now. What? <laughs> 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 They're doing a coal mine somewhere in West Virginia. Is it? Is it? Is it no hotel? <laughs> Nigga, there's no audience. <laughs> and this just then, there's no hotel, no. There's no money, and you still got to do it. <laughs> so, you know, what, what I the, mean, little motherfuckers, they they don't want to, and they don't they don't want their their um how can i their anointing of being the most edgy comic they don't want that to go past their own little ilk well well, now that i got you on the subject modern day comics modern day your top five top of the head modern day comics that make you go oh shit okay that make you laugh modern day you know what i i here's the thing i haven't been watching comedians be like like who has a special i literally have been so what I say? <laughs> he said what? Yeah. Come around here one more time. One more again. One more again. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Can you he, can he hear me? No, he he can, can you hear him? Can you hear him? Oh, he can't hear you. No, he, say something. Say something. Say, say something. Oh, you come around here one more time, goddammit. Messing up the damn camera view. <laughs> he can hear you now. He can hear you now. <laughs> but, 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 you, but you don't have any top five comics? You don't have any? I, you know, no, not like new comics. I don't know who's. His thing, it's the man, they the same people, bro. You, I watch the same comics that come up, they just think of the same cadence. You know, all, all these comics they do, they see what works, they plug their own thing in. Yeah, you know, yeah. they got you got the esoteric comics, you know, the kind, you know, hey, you know, um, you know, I'm not trying to be funny, you know, and they got the girls doing the same thing. I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm gonna talk about my pussy, you know. Yeah, I, 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 that kind of got old. But if you're black, you talk about your pussy. I'm gonna call you nasty. <laughs> but since I'm blonde and white, I can say pussy, and it's funny, you know, my yeah. pussy. Yeah. Yeah. They the same motherfuckers, you know. <laughs> you 
You asked me who the top five comics I saw last weekend at Wiley's an open mic night. I got those motherfuckers had me rolling. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I mean, I don't know who who's up there right now. I mean, I don't I don't haven't watched any specials. Who I don't, you? you know, I haven't watched any, I haven't watched it, I haven't watched. I haven't watched Dave Chappelle's specials. None of them. Really? Okay. Who's your, who's your uh, right now? Top five all time. All time. Top five all time. All time. Oh shit. Gotta be is is Pryor. Okay. Cosby. Carlin. Um. 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 Cosby. Pryor. Carlin. Carlin. Um. Um. Oh God. What's the white? Oh my God. What, help me. I, I can tell. I, I tell you. What's his jokes? It's not Bruce. Um, and what's the name? That um, Hicks. Bill Hicks. Okay. 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 Hicks. Um, and um, give me one. Give me uh, one. Mom's Maybelline. Okay. Okay. I like that. When I was school, I like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I saw a documentary of Mom's. I'm like, I didn't know she was like that. Yeah. Nice. I was like, I'm sorry. Red Fox too. I got to put red in there yeah. somewhere. So I can't. You can't. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta squoze them together. <laughs> I love that, man. All right, god nah, damn it, I know, man. We gotta go. I told you, oh, okay. Yeah, this ain't Rogan, man. We can't go all day, so yeah. <laughs> you know what? We could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We ain't got no job. Might as well. <laughs> hey, okay, let's move to Austin. Shit, they yeah. got room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As well, yeah, man. God what? damn, man. I love kicking in with you, man. This is what the fuck I'm talking about right here. You know, I we we should have our own podcast and call it. Uh, the, the bro brogan show <laughs> the bro brogan yeah, yeah bro brogan i like That's that it. man we should do that there you go. i like is that, it your rogan now nah, this is bro brogan <laughs> the bros Sleezing on these topics or the bros oh how about that the bros I Dude, like that. I like that shit, man. God damn, I know, man. We gotta, we gotta man, go, man. God damn it, we gotta go, B. Man, I'm telling you, I'm not saying because I know the guy, but I'm saying it. This comic, and I, I if I could, if I ran it down, B E T. He did uh, the Apollo. He did the Apollo. He did yeah. Def Jam. He's done it all. And like I said, it's not the, the 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 thing you read comics do. You go, yeah, 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 and you go, hey, he didn't do that shit. He did all that shit. He didn't just do the shit. He did it at a high level. I'm sorry. He still does it at a high level. It's Vince Morris. And he elevated my game because we were in that group together. And I remember I wrote out a one-man show before I knew what I wanted to do with it. And there was those jokes. And you helped, you helped me cultivate it and, and get my voice in there that I, I wouldn't have got it without you because you elevated my game. Because I remember I would come out and talk about rock and roll and this and that. And you were like, and, and I remember Kevin Bozeman said it best. I go, man, how come black crowds don't like me? He goes, because you talk about Pearl Jam, that's why. And, but, and you had me <laughs> right in a way where it'd be palpable to African-American uh, crowd and I could go. Yeah, absolutely, and I, yeah. yeah but so I, but I, I appreciate you, B. I feel the same way about you. You feel about me, my man, that, and that is no bullshit. I hold you in the highest regards as one of the top comedians. I put our show, I put us up against any motherfuckers, man. Yeah, man. You know? I mean that. Yeah. We gotta go. We gotta go, V. Hey man, thank you so much. Vince Morris. Appreciate you, brother. Be safe out there on the road. Hopefully we get to work together one day. I don't give a shit. I'll open up for you. I don't give a damn, man. I'll open up for you too. Shit. Like I said, guess you got a groom down here in Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. We gotta go. I'm BT. And like I say around this time, you know the word. Pain.